Hey, my name is Fernie, and I want to welcome you to this week's episode of the Mid-City Church Sermon Cast. We're in week three of Advent, and we're going to continue looking at John the Baptist and his story. And last week, we mentioned that uh, he boldly proclaimed that Jesus was coming, that heaven was coming. But this week, we find a whole different version of John, a uh, John who doesn't seem so convinced. And maybe that's you this Advent. Maybe you're uh, with a little bit of doubt or confusion or worry. If that's you, uh, you're going to want to listen to this sermon cast. So I'm glad you're here. You ready? Let's go. City Church for a while, you've probably heard this story before, but it, it fits so perfectly with today's message that I couldn't help but reshare it. So back in 2019, we started forging a path towards a 2020 launch of Mid-City Church. We had built a partnership with Bernard Terrace Elementary School, where we would be launching out of uh, their auditorium. We had hired a worship leader, recruited musicians, put together systems for hospitality, systems for following up with first-time guests, even systems for what our discipleship model would look like. By January of 2020, we started preview services where we put everything into practice in preparation for this launch on March 15th, 2020. And when I say everything, I mean everything. How to pack the trailer, how to put stuff away, everything. But March is when everything changed. You see, the closer we got to our launch, the bigger COVID became an issue. So much so that on March 13th, 2020, just two days before our launch, Governor John Bell Edwards announced that all schools would be closed effective Monday, March 16th, 2020. And even though that was one day after our scheduled launch, the school made the decision that uh, every event was going to be canceled starting Friday, which meant that we no longer had a place to launch out of. So we were stuck. We had to, we had to postpone our launch. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, I grieved for a long time. I was in shock that after so much effort, so much work, so much sacrifice, so much blood, sweat, and tears, we would not get to launch as planned. Then, to make matters worse, what was supposed to initially be a two-week shutdown went longer and longer and longer. As time rolled on, I became more and more convinced that we would never really get to launch. Now, perhaps my biggest frustration of all, though, was that things didn't go the way they were supposed to go. See, God had placed a very clear vision in my heart and a love for a changing community called Mid-City. And I knew without a doubt, especially at the beginning of 2020, I knew without a doubt that we had been called to plant a new worshiping community. Uh, and suddenly it seemed like it all went up in flames. And no matter how hard I tried to make sense of the situation, I just couldn't. I was confused. I was shocked. I was wondering if God had really placed that vision and love in my heart in the first place or if I had made it all up. I was standing at the beginning of doubt. During Advent, one of the main characters is a guy named John, and most people know him as John the Baptist. Now, if the name sounds familiar, it's because we talked about him in last week's sermon class. See, John is most famous 
famously known for preparing the way for the coming of Jesus. Uh, as we put it last week, uh, for announcing that heaven is coming. See, every Advent, John reminds us that heaven is coming and that we have work to do. And he says it, he says it so affirmingly and so sure of himself and so boldly. He is so certain about this message that uh, he even calls out the religious leaders of the time when they show up to see what's happening. But by week three of Advent, it seems like everything has changed. By week three, it seems like things have gone all wrong. By week three, we get the sense that John is starting to doubt everything he once believed to be 100% true. See, by this point in Advent, we encounter a John who is standing at the beginning of doubt. I want you to listen to this text from Matthew chapter 11. It says, Now when John heard in prison about the things Christ was doing, he sent word by his disciples to Jesus asking, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Jesus responded, Go, report to John what you hear and see. Those who were blind are able to see. Those who were crippled are walking. People with skin diseases are cleansed. Those who were deaf now hear. Those who were dead are raised up. The poor have good news proclaimed to them. Now, it was short, but can you hear the difference in tone and attitude that John displays here? See, at first, he's all in on who Jesus is and what Jesus is about to do. And now he seems to, to uh, send word, uh, he sends word to Jesus asking, Jesus, is that really you or, or is there somebody else to come, right? He's asking, uh, should we look for somebody else or are you the person you, you say you are? In a sense, it's as if John is losing hope in the fact that Jesus is the Savior of the world like he had once proclaimed. He is questioning the very thing he once proclaimed so boldly. See, he finds himself at the beginning of doubt. But why? What happened that has him questioning everything? Well, for starters, we're told that John finds himself in prison at the beginning of this text. Now, a couple chapters later, in chapter 14, we find out that the reason he was arrested was because he kept uh, telling people to repent because the kingdom of God was at hand. One of those people was Herod Antipas, who was the, one of the governors of Rome. Now, according to scripture, Antipas married his brother Philip's wife after Philip died. And if you do a little more research, you find out that Antipas was actually uh, Philip's wife's half-uncle. Because of all of this, it's confusing, but because of all of this, John was very adamant about telling Herod Antipas that this marriage was wrong and that it all needed to end. Needless to say, I'm sure it's no shocker to you, Herod Antipas was so upset by John's message, so mad by John's message, that he had John arrested and thrown in prison. Now, the second thing you need to understand is that uh, prison back then is, was not the same as we understand prison today. Listen to this quote by Willem Herzog II. We heard from him last week. Listen to this quote when he talks about what prison was like. In the first century, prison was not a final destination. People were kept in prison awaiting trial until they were exonerated, exiled, or executed. So for John, uh, in John's case, he was in prison until Herod Antipas had him beheaded. Uh, and it's a, it's a long story, but, but Herod had him uh, uh, beheaded, and then his head was brought into a, uh, on a platter, right? So, so for John, he was sitting in prison until uh, his final destination, which was execution. Herzog then goes on to say in this, in this quote, During their incarceration, prisoners could have contact with supporters and so picked up the news of the day. 
Now, this is really important because this is how John got news about everything that was happening. He was allowed to have people come and visit him and tell him what was happening. And, and some of the stuff he heard was stuff about Jesus and what was happening. Now, it's also how he was able to send word back to Jesus. So this isn't uh, a strange thing that happened. Prisoners were able to do that, to send word uh, out to uh, people who were free. And so he sends this question, this very important question to Jesus. And he says, are you the one to come or should we wait for another? Now, I know that none of this tells us why he started to doubt, but this is all important, okay? So now that you know this, let me get to uh, why he begins to doubt. Now, I want you to put yourself in John's shoes. See, the one who had been proclaiming that Jesus was coming is the same one who now finds himself in prison. The one who so boldly proclaimed that things would soon be better because heaven was about to break through is the one who has seen life get more and more difficult. He is the one who has seen the bad people like Herod Antipas continue to have success while his life seems to be getting more and more difficult. The reality is that John finds himself at the beginning of doubt because he thought things would be different by now, and they're not. Now, I don't know about you, but I can wholeheartedly relate to what John is feeling here. That summer of 2020, after we weren't able to launch, I was saying a lot of the same things John is saying here. Just a couple of months uh, before the COVID shutdown, I was boldly telling people about the work we were doing, the systems we had created, and the mission field that God had uh, called us into. And I, I was saying it with 100% assurance. But after a couple months of lockdown, I started to question everything I had ever said. And the longer the shutdown went, the less I believed that God had really called us to plant a church in Mid-City. In my mind, things were supposed to be rocking and rolling by that summer. And instead, we were just scrambling to stay alive. See, that's what happens when things don't go the way we had planned or hoped for, right? We end up at the beginning of doubt. We end up thinking that the very thing we were once sure about is no longer and may never, uh, maybe never even was a real possibility. See, when we spend our whole life hoping to get into the college or university of our dreams, only to find out we weren't accepted, we end up at the beginning of doubt, thinking that it is no longer and maybe never even was a real possibility. When we spend our whole life dreaming about getting married, but still find ourselves single, we end up at the beginning of doubt, wondering if it'll ever even happen. When we spend our whole life trying to have kids, but after a while we haven't, you haven't conceived, we end up at the beginning of doubt, wondering if it'll ever happen. When we spend our whole life dreaming about that sports car or the new fishing boat or the home, and we just can't seem to save up enough money to buy it, we end up at the beginning of doubt, wondering if it'll ever happen, even when we spend all year asking Santa for the perfect gift, only to wake up on Christmas morning and not see it under the tree. We end up at the beginning of doubt, wondering if it will ever happen. The reality is that when things don't go as we had hoped, we end up at the beginning of doubt. No matter how certain we may have been that it would happen, when things don't go as planned, doubt begins to creep in. And that's where John finds himself. So he sends word to Jesus. Nothing has changed, Jesus. So are you really sure that you are who you say you are? Or should we wait for somebody else? I mean, can you hear the frustration in his voice? 
But then Jesus sends back a response, and his response is absolutely beautiful. Here's what he says, and I'm paraphrasing. He says, go and tell John what you hear and see. Those who are blind can now see. Those who were crippled are now walking. Those with skin diseases have been cleansed. Those who were deaf now hear. Those who were dead are now raised up. And the poor have now received good news. Now, look, I'll admit that the first time I read this, I thought Jesus was giving John a very snarky response, almost as if he was telling John, do you not see what I'm doing here? Like, like uh, kind of talking down to him. But the more I dove into this scripture and the more I have studied it, the more I realize that the exact opposite is happening here. See, I imagine that Jesus understands the frustration that John is feeling. So instead of being snarky, he is being uplifting and compassionate. I imagine that Jesus sees that John is at the beginning of doubt. And through these words, he's trying to show John that heaven is coming, that he didn't proclaim those things in vain, that he, in fact, did help to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. See, I imagine that in these words, Jesus is saying, look, John, I know that what you thought would happen isn't happening, but something much better is happening. The blind can now see. The crippled are walking, John. The, the skin diseases are being cleansed. The deaf are being able to hear. The dead are raised up and the poor are hearing good news, John. Heaven is coming. See, John was at the beginning of doubt because what he thought would happen wasn't happening. But it turns out that what Jesus was doing was far better and far greater than what John had imagined in the first place. All Jesus had to do was redirect uh, his, uh, John's attention to the beauty of what was happening. See, in the middle of the lockdown, as I stood at the beginning of my doubt that Mid-City Church would ever fully take off and make an impact in our community, I needed Jesus to help me redirect my attention to the beauty of what was happening. And once I was willing to let Jesus do that, my whole perspective changed. See, what I had been missing was that while I stood at the beginning of doubt, our small groups were taking off. What I had been missing was that while I stood at the beginning of doubt, discipleship was happening. What I had been missing was that while I stood at the beginning of doubt, people were getting out of debt through one of our financial literacy classes. What I had been missing was that while I stood at the beginning of doubt, members of our church were collecting blankets for the homeless, food for the hungry, donating school supplies for children in need during hurricane recovery in uh, South Louisiana, providing Christmas gifts for kids and raising money for a local college ministry. Like John, I had been so focused on what I wanted to see happen that I missed what was actually happening. And it wasn't until I was able to shift my focus that I was able to walk away from my doubt and live into the story that was unfolding before us. And I have to tell you, the story that is unfolding is way better than the story I had hoped for. The partnerships that our church has formed, the impact that our, our church has made, the, the, the amount of uh, inspiration that I have seen through all of you as we help bring about the kingdom of God, it is way better than I had ever hoped for pre COVID. See, whatever it is that has led you to the beginning of doubt, whatever things you had hoped for that haven't happened, allow Jesus to redirect your heart to the things that are unfolding before you. And I am convinced that when we do, we are able to hold on to hope regardless of what this life may throw at us. May it be so. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mid-City Church Sermoncast. If you'd like to dive deeper, visit midcity.church slash sermoncast to find a home sheet that goes along with this message. On the home sheet, you'll find scriptures, questions to wrestle with, and a challenge that goes along with this sermoncast. I want to invite you to support our ministry here at Mid-City Church by giving today. To give, text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to the phone number 225-307-0662. Thanks and see you next week.